Welcome to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about how to plan and execute an unforgettable event that will dazzle your guests and generate more income for your organization. From fundraising and securing trendy auction items to event production and logistics, get the best tips and advice from seasoned fundraising and event professionals who have been in your shoes. Well, welcome back to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about the very many ways that you can make your fundraising events better. And I'm excited to have back Kristen Wheeler from Hambid. Hi. And also, we've got a special guest today. Pretty excited about this one. Brandon Camp. Brandon, why don't you introduce yourself and tell the folks on our podcast what you do? Yeah, my name is Brandon, and I own Coast to Coast Meal Prep and Coast to Coast Caters. We're a local catering company and meal delivery service here in, based out of Castle Rock. Awesome. I got to meet you because you originally supplied one of the food trucks from one of our fundraising events. Correct. And then from, we then brought you in to do additional catering for us for other fundraising events. Definitely. So one of the things that I enjoyed in getting to know Brandon in the the conversations that we've had over the years is that I just kind of felt like you were kind of on more of the forefront of where some of the fundraising events were going and you were super flexible to work with because we were trying to figure out some things too you know, in terms yeah. of how we would want to evolve our food service and the things that we were offering at our fundraisers. So sure. thank you for coming. Let's Before we dive into some of the trends and some other things that we're seeing, let's talk more about just in general, like what should we be looking for when we're doing an event with a caterer? I know when I started my event for the first time, I was the caterer. And then when I got sick and tired of making fried chicken for 100 people, <laughs> you know, and we were getting more people involved in it, you know, we, we brought in a catering company, but it's been a while. Yeah. Right. And so it'd be interesting to kind of start there when you're talking to charities or folks that are having events, what, um, what, what kind of questions are they asking you and what kind of things are you explaining and showing them that, that kind of demonstrates, you know, the types of skills and abilities that you have that you feel like they need in order to make their event good? Sure. Yeah. I think communication is key, right? Providing as much information up front to the caterer that's coming to do the job about the type of event that you're having. You know, is this a a full-blown sit-down formal dinner type catering job, you know, a fundraising event, or is this way more informal? You know, we've seen in the past few years that bringing in multiple food trucks has been a popular theme and I'm noticing that people are starting to get away from that a little bit hmm. and and get more into just bringing in a caterer to handle the one thing you're not dealing with the logistics of different menus multiple different people who have different beliefs in the way they run their business and you're bringing in one person that you can kind of coordinate and lock down a menu that's cohesive and and things like that okay so like so you're talking about the menu but yeah. um what about the format or the style of the food service itself? So are people typically coming to you and saying, I want a seated plated dinner or I want food stations or I want food trucks or are you helping them figure that out? I think I'm noticing that I'm helping people figure that out more often than not. Lately, I've been seeing just a huge, more more often than not, people lately are wanting more of a buffet style service. I haven't seen a whole lot of sit down plated unless it's a really formal event or a wedding things like that. But if it's, if it's more of an event, you know, that buffet style service is what most people have been after, but yeah, they really kind of lean on me to 
answered that question for them. I'm noticing more than them coming to me knowing that information. So walk us through that process. How do you walk them through that to get them to the arrival point of you should have a buffet or you should have stations or what their format should be? I, I think that answer that question gets answered rather quickly in the type of event that it is, right? If this is... Uh, a really high-end event where, I mean, you're, you're doing VIP tables and, and that kind of service that the, the direction is going to go to a plated dinner, multiple course. If it's more of a concert or a, where people are moving about, you know, then, then it's going to make more sense to do more of a buffet style where people are coming through the line and, and they're, it's more of a social gathering and people are going to move about and talk to people more. I think then that's more of the direction you'd want to go. Okay. When my event, I mean, I think we went through all of those. And I'm not going to call them phases because, I mean, in some cases, it just makes sense. And, you know, one's not an evolution of the other. But we had the seated plated thing. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to buffet. And then we eventually moved to food stations. And then we eventually moved to food trucks. And then we moved back to you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. where I would say it was a little bit more food station-y. But, you know, I think there's just pros and cons of all of those. You know, what I saw with the plated dinner is they take a lot longer. And I'm not going to say they're more or less money. I prob that probably depends more on the menu. But they do require more staff because you're mm -hmm. having to drop plates and yep. pick them up. And um, it was just hard. In our event, it was kind of hard to time that with everything else going on in that room because you definitely don't want waiters walking around picking up and dropping plates if you want your people paying attention to some video or some speech, right? So. Correct. Yeah, that's more timing. You know, if you want them eating while an event, uh, a presentation is happening, then a plated is definitely the way to go. It's a little bit more, like you said, more involved, a little bit more convoluted, but a, a good caterer will be able to time that out and, and you know, be quiet with the service to, and allow for the presentation to happen. And I think in that style of, of an event that it's, the dinner is kind of part of the event, right? Like mm -hmm. it becomes a level of um, part of the event as opposed to saying, hey, we're going to provide a great meal. You're going to sit down and enjoy. Where And the event is about the fundraiser over here or the thing happening over here or the concert or the what, whatever it might be, right? Right. But I think during, you know, an awards ceremony, awards presentation, you know, where there's a speech happening and stuff like that, and you want dinner to happen progressively through that, then then a plated makes sense. That way everyone's not getting up and walking through the buffet line and you're waiting for everyone to take a seat. Yeah, that's a good point. It also lends itself to needing a good run of show. I think we did another podcast mm -hmm. episode on that. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have your caterer time that, properly, then it sounds to me like you need to let them know kind of what the accurate order of events is going to be so they know. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. So let's so stay on plated dinners for a second. So I used to joke and call it the rubber chicken dinner, right? Especially <laughs> when it was at some of the hotels around here. How, let's talk menu for a second. Like, how do you how do you evolve or how can you spruce up a plated dinner menu so it's not just the steamed vegetables with a piece of chicken and, you know, the honey mustard salad dressing meal. Yeah, I mean, that that's all about the chef, right? You know, in creating a menu that's got some diversification of flavors to it, and it's not just protein, starch, and vegetable. You know, sauces go a long way. You know, you can take just chicken, and you can turn it into Tuscan chicken by doing a really nice, creamy, you know, spinach, Parmesan-based sauce to top on top of that and really take it to a whole other level. And that's great. And then you've, I, I would imagine every caterer as a, you know, 
standard, you know, part of their offering has to offer the the vegetarian or the vegan or the gluten-free or how, how far does that typically go? It can go pretty far. You know, I, I try, I'm not personally as a chef, I'm not a vegetarian chef. I, I, I don't, I don't always cook that way, but I do provide that food. Right. And so I'm more of like, you know, depending on how many you have at the event, like if it's just one person or two people, it's a lot easier to kind of work around it. If you've got 15, 20 people at an event, it's, it's not, not that difficult to actually just throw, you know, throw a tray of pasta primavera. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of, of good vegetarian dishes that you can put out a whole sheet tray of specifically for that vegetarian. How about 1,100 people and their dogs? <laughs> Does get a little bit more complicated. <laughs> yeah, right? well, we've done that event. <laughs> and the irony was is I don't know if they learned this the hard way or they learned it the easy way, but it's a completely vegan menu because they didn't want the dogs smelling the protein and going crazy over it. Because oh you are in a ballroom with 1,000 people and their dogs yep. who sit next to the owners. So anyway, I thought that was pretty funny. That's a that's an event. <laughs> yeah. And and I will tell you like I didn't I didn't sit down and eat that because I was, you know, obviously, you know, more in the working side of this, but I was impressed yeah. with what some of those vegan plates look like. Good. Anyway. Nice. Oh, yeah. There's that's definitely it. people that specialize in that and and if that's the type of event you're doing, do your research and find out which type of caterers specialize in that. Because if you find some I mean, like I said personally, I don't specialize in vegan. And so for me to, I, can I come up with a vegan menu? Yeah. But is it going to be as good as somebody who specializes in that, you know? And so I think looking for the right fit for what you do in, in with that catering company is, is, is the, the right path to start to right. take, right? No, I like that. And I, and I think it's also being honest and true with your clients, right? To yeah. the sense of, Hey, this is what I'm really good at. This yeah. is kind of my wheelhouse. I can do a great job and I can feed your guests an amazing meal with these types of dishes or this type of theme or event. This other thing over here, yes, right, but, right, and I and I think a lot of caterers, I wish they did more of that, yeah, right. That would say, like, really honestly, this is you know kind of outside of my spectrum of expertise. So. Sure. Okay, so we kind of sidetracked on dogs and vegan or whatever, <laughs> but so okay, so then the buffet. So we moved to the buffet, yeah. and and the challenge I had with the buffet was every like. <laughs> And I did not like. I've seen events where they like they dismiss you by table, which yeah. I was like, that just sounds like camp. To me. <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing that. <laughs> so, so we just let people eat. And I remember we had an event one year, and it was at the Broncos Field House, and it's a big, gigantic room. And I saw. I mean, we had probably three hundred and fifty, four hundred people there. I just don't like seeing two hundred people lining up to eat. Right. I, I just didn't love it. And I just don't feel like the caterer was well prepared for that. That was the last year we did a buffet. Got it. And I was like, I don't know. I, to me, like, we went to the food station thing the following year. Yeah. And that is where it's almost like just indoor food trucks, right? Sure. I mean, like you have just different spots around the venue where you can just pick up a small plate of whatever it was. Yeah. And the most famous one was the mac and cheese bar because we have kids at our event. And that one was the one that did draw the line. Yeah. Although it's funny. Kids don't want bacon, and they don't like they don't want all this amazing <laughs> stuff in their mac, the and mac and cheese. Mac and cheese, yes. <laughs> you just have the crap. from the box. Yeah. I know. I was like, <laughs> yeah, and it's got like amazing cheese options on top. And right. you oh can no, have some, my no. son would not eat macaroni and cheese unless it came from the blue box. The blue he box. said yep. it has to come from the blue box. 
Or it's not mac and cheese. I know, and there's way better box mac and cheese than the blue one. No offense to the company that makes the blue box, by the way. I'm sure you're selling millions of dollars of it. It's a staple. No, but you can do things like that. You can do stations. And, and I've even seen events where they will do food trucks. And I think that food trucks are an option where you pass on the cost to your guests. So maybe a school event or something like that. But I've also seen food trucks catering events. Can you talk about your experience with food truck and, and how that worked with having multiple food trucks there? Yeah, we have done a few events like that. And, and you brought up a great point, right? Like when you're planning out your, you know, the budget is the is the key determining fact of which mm-hmm. direction you're going to go. And if you really want to pass on the cost to the people coming to the event, having a food truck charge there, the customers without you having to take on that financial responsibility is a good way to go. I have done multiple events with our food truck where we were hired by the venue to do the catering. You know, Professor Under the Stars is, is one of those ones where we just show up and, and, and we bring food and we just put it out. And it's, and it's really fun for the guests because now they've got a bunch of different types of things that they can get, whether it's, you know, barbecue from that truck or burgers from this truck or whatever. And they're that, getting this that perception be. that they're getting like free food yeah, from the absolutely. food truck because the food truck's just yeah, handing all out food. Eat, just like small right. samples and just slinging them all night long. And it's really fun, you know, as a uh, food truck owner, was fun to engage with the guests in that way because mm-hmm. usually at events like that, we've got a canopy out front and we're out front. We're not stuck in the truck and, and we're engaging with the customers and stuff like that. And so it was really fun for the guests, you know, as well as it was for us. When I would say when you do it that way, you're making, it sounds like you, you've kind of, narrowed the menu down you got a couple of things that you're just making a lot of correct it's not the short order pick off my menu on the side of the truck absolutely yes yeah because that was the thing so we moved to food trucks and you were one of them the first year we did it yep and the reason why is we moved to a concert format and you know we still had the kentucky derby and whatnot but we were having a band come in and we just had a, a big change in our cost profile and so we're like okay we're spending a lot more money in these other areas so we wanted we we don't want to just and significantly raise the price of the event. So we went to food trucks and they, they were significantly cheaper. Yep. And, and I was shocked to see how much cheaper they were. And then I started to realize, I think one of the reasons why is that we were spending a lot of money with our old caterer on staff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and they would provide tables. If you're doing a seated thing, they would provide all the tables, all the chairs. I mean, they, they were an amazing company. They yep. really are. But the problem was, is that I, food was just a small portion of that bill. Yeah. And then when we moved to food trucks, there's a lot less staff involved. And, of mm-hmm. course, we heard all the complaints. Oh, you know, if you move to food trucks, people are going to have to wait. You're going to have lines. People don't like to wait for food at a venue like this. And I said, okay, so that's where we started talking to you and Byron and some other folks to say there's ways around that. So yep. if you are considering – if you're listening to this podcast and you're considering food trucks, there are ways to make it really work, mm-hmm. I, we found. Yeah. Yeah, you can offer – a limited menu, like right. you yep. said, and and you can determine that ahead of time. So if it's a, a chicken truck, you can say we want to we want to supply a three piece meal with a side of mashed potatoes, yep. and then the food truck staff can just always have those menu items cooking, so no one ever has to wait. Correct. Yeah, yeah that tends to be what bugs down. Mm-hmm. You know, food trucks is is the too big or any event, right? Too big of a menu trying to do too many things at one time. If you can narrow down, you know, two, three items and, and do them right and do them well, you can do them fast. Yeah. 
No, it really worked for us, and it and it really started to open our eyes. So we need to make some changes. So so let's talk about the menu. I mean, because I, we we kind of dabbled into it a little bit, and then we'll get time dive into some of these, you know, what we we'll call trends or whatever. But so menu. So you mentioned earlier that you kind of have, you know, your areas of expertise. Yeah. So when people are coming to you, are they coming to you because you have those areas of expertise, or because you've been recommended by somebody else, or you know, because, you know, you feel like you kind of fit their theme or? I think more people come to me because I've been recommended by somebody else. I think that's generally where it starts. Or they've had my food at an event, right? I get a lot of that too. Like, hey, we were at this event and we had your food. You were amazing. You know, we're thinking about doing this over here. You know, what do you got? Right. I think that's that's the bulk of it, really. Okay. Yeah. So now they say, hey, we're having this, you know, under the sea, like, super high-end gala type yeah. of event. So you're going to sit down with them and kind of help them kind of craft a menu or are they saying, I want like steak or chicken? Are you kind of giving them like two or three menu options saying, here's a, here's one yeah, course? Or- yeah, so I, I start with a, um, a template or a base point, right? Like we've got our Hawaiian-themed menu, we've got our southern barbecue menu, we've got an Italian menu, and then under each of those menus, we've got mains and uh, multiple side options that you can choose from. So if you did like the Hawaiian menu, you can do teriyaki beef and katsu chicken, coconut katsu chicken. We've got Hawaiian mac salad and, you know, Hawaiian fruit salad, all these different white rice, whatnot. And so you can kind of use that as a base point to say, Hey, this looks really interesting. What about this? And you know, and then we dive deeper and talk about you know what are you doing? Like, well, we're doing a, a country concert. Okay, well, let's maybe not do Hawaiian. Let's stick over here and let's maybe do some Southern food or something that matches the vibe. And then the conversation continues. And you know, is there a lot of vegetarians there? Is this you know whatever? Okay, well, we're not going to do full barbecue. Right. You know what I mean? And so it's it really communication and conversation, having a, a set guiding to get them to be like, ooh, that looks really interesting. And then talk about why that looks interesting and what about it is the event that, how do we tie all this together, sure. right? And so do you have a meeting with folks and do they get to taste Absolutely. some of this food? Or I've done tastings before, yeah. Typically it's just usually done over the phone or I'll meet in person if you want. It depends on the on the job, right? If it's a wedding, I'm 100% meeting with these people. We'll be doing tastings and, and things like that. They need to know what's, what's actually happening. But yeah, a, a meeting is a very, very important. So I would imagine if it's the wedding, the bride is 100% making the decision on what is being served. Absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> so how does that change, I wonder? And I'm going to throw in some of my own stories here, but when you're dealing with an event committee for a fundraiser, sure. have you have you seen some interesting debate amongst them about what they want to put on the menu? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's it's Everyone's got different tastes, right? And everyone's got different ideas of what they want to see there. And so trying to get kind of everyone reeled in is... is like herding cats sometimes. Oh, it is funny. Yeah. I know. I was telling Brandon this story <laughs> earlier. So, you know, our, at our event in the past with our old caterer, you know, there would be a couple years that would go through and I'd be like, God, I don't know. I didn't really love that item. You know, I just didn't love that, you know, whatever element it was, whether it was a course or a past appetizer or whatever. So finally I was, you know, I was talking to the caterer and they're like, well, why don't you come to the tasting next year? I'm like, you guys do a tasting? <laughs> so I go to my wife and I was like, they do a tasting, and she's like, "Yeah, my sister and I go every year." I'm like, no wonder. So I take another board member. So there's two guys and two women that go to this thing, and this thing is fancy. We get there, and it's like they've got the menus laid out. 
and they're, the chefs are coming out with their appetizer ideas, their main course ideas, and, you know, we're going to have these food stations. These are what we're going to taste. And they're serving you drinks, and you can really have to cocktails. Pace, your, pace yourself. Oh, my God. Definitely. It was so awesome. <laughs> it was like a free, like, gourmet meal. And I was like, okay, this is so much fun. We're turning this into an auction item. So <laughs> this is free advice for anybody on the call. We actually would auction off a spot at the tasting table for following year's <laughs> event. So you got to pick the menu for the following year. But, but it was interesting in the room with the four of us in these debates because, you know, you have picky eaters. You have people yep. that don't like certain types of things or, you know, the, the dish just felt like it was so perfectly assembled. And then it's like – we don't like goat cheese, so take that piece out or something. Like, sure. This is going to taste terrible without goat cheese kind of thing. So <laughs> so anyway, there's a little bit of that. And then there's just, you know, we have certain committee members that are cheap, right? And they don't want to spend the extra money. Well, this menu is, you know, X dollars a person, and this menu is X minus, mm-hmm. you know, 20%. Oh, let's go with the cheaper menu. No, let's not go with the cheaper menu. <laughs> let's, let's let our guests enjoy the food. So there was a lot of that going on, and Definitely. I'm sure you've probably run into that. Definitely. You have to, you know, maybe – Maybe in that case, you just sit on the sidelines, right, Brandon? and <laughs> Let them hash it out. <laughs> well, here's a case study for you. I was part of an event where I, I was the new event manager coming in, and we were, re- we were looking to save costs, and we weren't looking to serve the rubber chicken, but chicken was cheaper. And I said, what if we had a, a nice chicken dish and the the contact for the venue who'd been doing this event for years no lie scoffed outright scoffed at me (laughs) (laughs) if she could have fired me she probably would have and she said there is no way that your guests will come to this event ever again if you serve chicken What would you say in that (laughs) scenario? That's a great question. I don't know what I would say. I I would say that a chicken is absolutely a a dish that can be served. It's just on how you prepare it, you know? And so I think that's where tastings come in. You know, I think tasting is a great idea because if you can show a great chicken dish and show that this isn't just a plain old boneless, skinless chicken breast on a plate, you know? Your Nashville hot chicken was a gigantic hit at my event, by the way. It was one of my signatures. Best chicken I've ever had. Tasty one. I guess that's how I'd respond. Have you had my Nashville hot chicken, right? (laughs) Maybe you won't get fired. (laughs) There were entire email chains about different cuts of steak and which ones we could afford that weren't going to be $150 a plate. I'd be honest with you, and I know we're not turning this into a cooking show, but I think steak can be a little harder to get right. 100%. You know, Absolutely. Because some That's people why they like wanted it rare. the most expensive steak. Everybody eats their chicken at the same temperature. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right? I mean, I don't know. I just, to me, like, I, I love a good steak. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also like, you know, that can be tricky. It can be very tricky. I've you seen know? so many get picked up off the tables and sent back because they were overcooked, undercooked, you name it. Correct. Yeah. And when it comes off the grill, it's one temp. When it sits in a hot box for 20, 30 minutes, an hour, the, the event gets delayed. And yeah. now it's just sitting, waiting. It's just hanging longer. You know, you're risking overcooking. Oh, I know. Dangerous. That's <laughs> very dangerous. I know. And I'm a chicken thigh guy, which is way like lower class than chicken breast, too, anyway. <laughs> so I think that every event planner or event manager, I know I have, has had the nightmare of running out of food 
at their event and having to like order in pizza or sandwiches. I think that's the top of everyone's mind because you want people to enjoy the food. You want to have enough food, but maybe you don't know until the last minute exactly how many people are coming to your event. We've talked a lot about last minute RSVPs and ticket purchasers, and you don't want to turn people away from your event, but you also need to provide an accurate headcount for your caterer. So as the caterer, how what advice would you give to event managers who are trying to dance that dance? Again, communication is key, right? It all goes back to that. And I think that events that go the most awry are the ones that don't have enough communication between the venue and the caterer back and forth. Obviously, the earlier you can get that headcount, the better. Um, and I like to look at it as like a scaling down process as it gets closer to the event. So. You know, when you're first in talks, hey, we've got 150 people coming, so we think, you know, and, you know, now we're a month out. Hey, it's looking like we're getting, you know, a lot more ticket sales than we thought. It might be closer to 200. We're still not sure yet. Okay, great. From my perspective as a caterer, I'm already changing things in my mind of how I might how I might execute on that event. Um, I do stress from my end to my client that, you know, hey, at least – four or five days out, give me as accurate a number as you possibly can. I never cook the exact amount of food I need. So if we've got a job for 100 people, I'm already, the client doesn't know this, but I'm already cooking for 110, 115 people. So if that number gets bumped up in the in the final hour, it's very rare is it going to get bumped by more than 20%. You know what I mean? Like that's, there's something really wrong if, if your number is going... 20, 20, 30% higher or lower than you expected it to be in the final hours. I mean, if, if it does, it does. And, you know, we got to scramble on our end to make sure we've got the food for it. But giving that information to the caterer as you've got it and, and as early as you've got it is going to help them as they have a lot of logistics from grocery shopping to prepping to cooking and, mm-hmm. and everything along the way. So, I mean, there's no perfect answer for it ex- except for just communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. And I think in most cases, what are you asking for a 72 hour or? Yeah, generally. Yeah. Yeah. Three, three to four days is usually what I ask for. Yeah. And it's in Kristen's right. It's tough, right? I mean, you've got, I mean, even at our event, I got people buying tables on Saturday morning for a Saturday night event. Oh, something fell through. We decided to come, you know, and of course. Sure, I'm, but you can't eat. That's right. I tell Carrie, <laughs> Carrie, what, what's up? Do you, did you tell Brandon how many people are coming? She's like, we plan for an extra 30. We're fine. <laughs> So and, and where I thought that worked out better for us is because when you're when you're ripping out a lot of the staff and a lot of the tables and chairs and everything else we're not using anymore, you have more flexibility in your budget to maybe go over a little bit. Definitely. And you have a lot of food to eat if they don't show up and eat it. Correct. So, there you go. Yeah, I think padding on both ends, right? Like even the event you're just talking about, you guys already had factored an additional 20, 30 people, you know, beyond what you kind of expected. And on my end, I was also patting it on my end as well. And so there's there's flexibility there. And I would rather have leftover food than you be short. Yeah, and, and, and I did lose this battle. I don't win every battle in my charity. I actually win few of them. But <laughs> I wanted an after-party food menu, and Brandon was all set to make it. And that will always compensate for running out of food. <laughs> and what, what is that? I wanted burgers and fries pretty much bur- – not be even pizza. I wanted burgers and fries. I was like, that would be the amazing 11 p.m. after party. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, I'll whip that up. No problem. Of course, and then I have the board rolling in. A couple of my <laughs> relative board members that were like, 
killing that. It's nope. not in the budget. <laughs> That's <laughs> but think, okay. But you, think about that. That's another backup plan is to have some cheap food that, you know, you serve as quote unquote after party food. And if people come and you run out of other types of food and they're still hungry, there you go. You got that. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We've, and look, I, I know there's a lot of really generous people out there that feed their volunteers the plated meal. You don't necessarily have to even do that. You know, you can have your caterer create either a separate menu for volunteers that's a little bit more economical, maybe buffet style. Correct. You know, or I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've seen stacks of pizza boxes. I think you should up that a little bit and actually have your caterer do it. But I think that's another thing that can help you. Sure. Similarly, like that last event where we had a separate buffet line for the band, you could even do that for staff, right? Create a separate menu, even if it's not as fancy. You don't have to sling in pizza boxes, but you can set up a separate separate line with some different food for your caterers if you don't want to go the full route with or, or not your caterers your volunteers yeah and your staff like, yeah. I call it like a staff menu yep and it's it's not a necessarily downgraded menu maybe just a different format sure and i think that definitely can work out now the the interesting thing is with the band obviously we hired a, a national band out of nashville so i got the list of everything they wanted <laughs> down yeah. to the brand yeah. label of the cokes and everything else so <laughs> yeah that writer was was fun but they were blown away by the uh, the food service so that, w- that ended up really good, but, good okay so let's let's talk about we're going to wrap up here real quick because we're we're definitely going long on this one let's talk about some trends right i mean and we kind of kind of touched through them throughout the the entire podcast but what we're seeing, and, and we were just chatting about this in our, you know, our Hambid weekly meeting, we're seeing a trend towards, you know, I would say the the more casual types of events. So these are the more maybe stand up, you know, and I'm going to say buffet table style, not buffet style, but, you know, where you're not necessarily going into a ballroom anymore. We're seeing more people doing food stations. We're seeing more yep. people doing food trucks. It was brought up that now people are starting to see food trucks at weddings. I think that's interesting. I've done a few. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I, <clears throat> so talk a little bit about that. I mean, because you've evolved, I would imagine, as well, mm-hmm. some of the services you've provided because of that. Yeah, I, we did have our food truck at two different weddings, and uh, the second one came from a guest that was at the first one. You know, they're like, oh, wow. "This idea is fantastic." You know, we want to we want to do that. Um, I, I definitely agree with you. I'd mentioned earlier that buffets are becoming more trendy, and I think that's right in what you're saying that it's becoming more of a casual thing. That that high end six course plated dinner i i haven't seen around in a while uh, it's been it's been a minute and i think that uh, people are realizing that you can have a casual feel keep the price point a little bit lower but that doesn't mean you necessarily need to sacrifice on the quality of food just the way that it's presented to you is different you got to get up and go get it but you can still have high quality food in more of a casual environment and it doesn't have to come in the you know the the red checkered like tray either Absolutely. right i mean you yep. can put I've seen some really interesting events where they've gotten really creative yep. with some of the you know the ways that they actually serve the food. Correct. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. There's a lot of different ways to present in the containers that you provide, whether it's disposable or non-disposable, that, like you said, not just in a checkered boat. Yeah. Well, awesome. So thank you so much for attending this podcast Absolutely. with us. This has been Thanks a great conversation. Me. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more to talk about as it relates to food. We are going to do an event, by the way, this year, as soon as I figure out what we're allowed to legally do. I'll give you a call, Brandon. Awesome. Look forward to it. <laughs> I'm hungry. I know. <laughs> well, I know. Chicken now. I'm waiting for the comments from you all that say, give us some menu ideas. We'll bring Brandon back on. Maybe that time we'll actually get some bring forks some and knives down. out and taste some stuff. That'd be great. 
All right. So until next time, thank you guys for attending our Elevate Your Event podcast. We wish you all the best in your fundraising event, and we will talk to you soon.